This FDNY Pro Podcast is brought to you by the FDNY Foundation and its partners to share experiences from the field, best practices, and lessons learned with first responders. Learn more about our mission and how you can help support New York's bravest at fdnyfoundation.org slash pro. something for this pain. It hurts. It really hurts. Welcome to the FDMY Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Chief of Staff Elizabeth Cassio. In military training, you often hear the adage, train as you fight, fight as you train. And in sports, you often hear you play the game the way you practice. Both of these truisms have rightly migrated into EMT and paramedic training courses. There's evidence that the use of high-fidelity simulations in EMS training improves patient care of the most life-threatening emergencies because this type of training fosters development of teamwork skills and critical thinking, all while operating in a safe space. Today, I'll be speaking with Lieutenant Kate Frawley about some of the types of simulation training our members receive. Lieutenant Frawley, it's good to be with you today in the Sim Lab. You too. Thank you very much. Describe for our listeners where we are right now. Right now, we're in the Sim Lab at the EMS Academy. We are. We are in our state-of-the-art simulation lab. So this is made up to look like a patient's actual apartment, Mm -hmm. complete with a bathroom, living room, bed. We also have a crib in the corner for Mm -hmm. when we have to do pediatric scenarios. Mm -hmm. So we hook up the mannequin, and it's a fully functioning infant mannequin. I see this family photos of the mannequins up on the wall. There are. We have our (laughs) adults and toddlers and infants in our frame photos around here. It's a nice touch. This is made to look like you're walking into someone's home on a real 911 call. All right. Before we get into the specifics of how the lab works and how it's utilized in training, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? When did you start? I came into the fire department, EMS, in 2005. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky enough to work in Brooklyn Central for most of my career. I came through paramedic school here in 2007, again, back to Brooklyn, got promoted in 2016, back to Brooklyn, uh, and fortunate enough to be part of the team here since 2017. And what is your specific functions with the Sim Lab? Most recently, I've been in here with our Medic Basic 26 students. Mm -hmm. They have been going through extensive simulation training. So they have come in just like you would on an ambulance. You have your partner, all your equipment, a radio, you're dispatched to a call, you come to the front door, knock on the door, and it's showtime. So they come in, the mannequin is interactive, they can speak to the mannequin, check pulses, check blood pressure, all vital signs will pop up on our screens. The monitor screens um, Mm -hmm. act as the cardiac monitor, so you'll get all of your vital signs, your three lead EKG, your 12 lead EKG, your capnography, everything will come up on that screen. And they run through a, a call, you can start an IV, any treatment is done, you could speak to the mannequin, sir, how are you feeling today? And then the mannequin answers you? Absolutely. Really? Let's take a listen. I'm feeling very dizzy. You would think working on a mannequin wouldn't be that nerve-wracking, but for our students, it's they, it's as real as it's getting right now. They forget so. that it's just Absolutely. A doll. <laughs> this mannequin blinks. It will go cyanotic. Can you we can, see it blink? Absolutely. When you're assessing something like a mental status or a Glasgow coma scale where one of the point values is spontaneous eye-opening, right. here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Looks like the makings of a scary movie. <laughs> it can be, <laughs> if you're a student in here. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be some high anxiety involved. Absolutely, absolutely. And when I speak to the mannequin, I guess I could say, uh, sir, can you tell me what the problem is? Absolutely, go ahead. Sir, can you tell me what the problem is? Oh, I can't breathe and my chest hurts. Help. With all the technology that we have today, mm. this has gone from the low-fidelity mannequins, which what we used to have, mm. and instead of an instructor telling you, you know, your lung sounds are wheezing. Right. When you assess lung sounds on this mannequin, what you're hearing is what you get. So, so if I take a stethoscope and listen to this mannequin's lung sounds, I will hear whatever is absolutely unique to this particular scenario. Absolutely. So if it's wheezing, I'll hear wheezing. Yes, you will. If it's rails, I'll hear rails. Yep. Does it actually distinguish between, say, the different grades of wheezing or the different grades of pulmonary edema? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. You know how sometimes a patient's rails are so profound that you can hear it from the door? Without a stethoscope, that gurgling sound? Absolutely. Will the mannequin simulate that as well? Yes, it will. Okay, let's activate that. And again, this going from where we were 10 years ago right. to just an instructor saying, you hear rails in right. all, all, all fields, right. to actually hearing it, I mean, there's no question of the benefits that this has. You can explain lung sounds to somebody right. all day, but until they can actually hear it mm -hmm. and, on, and then get it, yeah. It, yeah, it's a tremendous difference. So when my teaching experience started, I, we were using slide projectors and overhead film, mm -hmm. you know, and some people are listening to this and saying, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's uh, thinking about when you were teaching something like 12 lead EKGs on an overhead to now yeah. a fully dynamic interactive scenario. Right, right. Makes a huge they difference. They get to see visually and or mm -hmm. hear whatever the sensory experiences would be in real life, they get to experience in this sim lab. Exactly. Without the sort of on-the-job training we always relied on before. Right, right. So what are some of the benefits of being able to practice in this type of environment? Well, number one is safety. Right. As real as we can get this, you're safe, your partner is safe, mm -hmm. and because you're practicing as a, as a medic student, you're not hurting the mannequin if, let's say, you don't get the IV on the first try. Right. Complete safe zone to make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So we can, right. we can correct those mistakes, and going forward, you'll be able to complete any skill without injuring yourself, your patient, your partner, mm -hmm. and you know, being a very effective provider. So in the lab, you'll see some cameras overhead. In our control room, each scenario is filmed. So once you're finished as a student, you can go back and watch your scenario. So with your instructor, you can say, okay, see how you didn't exactly maybe hold the catheter correctly on the IV here? Let's try it again. Mm. That's some good feedback because Absolutely. the likelihood that they would actually recall that right. fine point. Right, especially in a high-stress situation. Mm -hmm. Especially in a high-stress situation. And in this case, they know they're being evaluated, and that's right. what adds to the stress. Right. right. And, you know, just being in here as a silent observer and mm -hmm. watching the students, the stress level is through the roof. So, I mean, they know they're being watched. They know they're being recorded. Mm -hmm. They know they're with their peer. Right. So they want to do the best they can. Right. And uh, it, the, the stress level is obvious.
Do we use this in the lab for EMT training as well? Yes, yes, we do. We have approximately upwards of 700 plus students a year that come through this lab. That's ALS refresher students, that's our probationary EMT students, and every medic basic student. We probably would be using this equipment more than most other EMS systems, right? I mean, we're Absolutely. Larger, so we're training a lot more people. Absolutely. Thousands, thousands. When we first implemented the, um, the protocol for neonate recess, mm -hmm. nobody had ever done CPR on somebody who was actually still yeah, moving and alive. Yeah, and you want to talk about right? high stress. That's yeah. for any seasoned EMT or paramedic. That's the worst call you're going to be on. So anxiety and stress is going to be through the roof. So if you're here and you can hold this mannequin and become a little more familiar with the equipment needed for that size right. of a patient, mm -hmm. then, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the stress level reduces just, just enough where, again, you're going to be the most effective provider that you can be, and we ensure that. And this tube simulates the umbilical cord? Yes. We ran through a scenario recently where the call came over as an OB out, right. and the infant was in the toilet. The mother had delivered. Right. So it's Which is not uncommon. It is not it uncommon. Is some yeah. people who are not in this field or brand new to the field mm -hmm. would not expect that. But when a baby um, is born prematurely in particular, especially in the first, second trimester, labor doesn't always feel like labor, right? It feels like you have to move your bowels. So the first reaction is to go to the bathroom. Exactly. And then suddenly this uh, fetus or newborn has delivered. Right. And that 911 call just turned into two patients. Right. Yeah. So. so now the crew comes in, whether it's mm -hmm. the BLS trainees or the ALS trainees, they come mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And in this scenario that you're talking about, maybe in the toilet, and they're yes. expected to react the way we would react in real life, which is yes. to get it out of the toilet, make an evaluation. Is this viable or Correct. not viable? Correct. And treat the and mother. And if so, There's right, and of, treat the mother. So the mother if, patient. if they arrive initially just two EMTs or just two paramedics, then mm -hmm. part of the scenario includes the recognition that they need additional assistance. Absolutely. Right? So call for additional resources. So, again, uh -huh. if, if we're doing a simulated oh, yeah, I guess it's delivery, yeah. and this is a, a viable Fetus, delivery yeah. that you need to work up by doing CPR and intubating right. and administering medication. You can do all of that on this mannequin. The idea that you would be able to practice this in a classroom environment where it's safe to get a little freaked out and it's safe Absolutely. to have that moment of freezing, try and process all of the information, mm -hmm. and and recall what's the next step to do right what size equipment what size how do equipment? i measure right. for an et tube right. you know it's very rare that a paramedic in the field will use a 2.5 et right. tube familiarize yourself with the equipment which you know right. size blade which size tube which size catheter how much medication these are few and far between calls so to familiarize yourself with this size of a patient and the sized equipment needed to treat this patient hopefully will lessen the panic when you're actually doing this in real life. Right, because it's a combination of your own personal reaction. Sure. Perhaps drawing on your own personal experiences. Sure. Right, maybe you have a baby new at home and 
that's the image that pops in your mind. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right? All the different... Right? Absolutely. So all the different emotional reactions you could have. And again, you're not going to be alone with this. Right. Mom's there. Dad's there. Extended right. family's probably there. Right. Maybe the neighbors came running over because they right. heard yelling. Right. And there's either a lot of high anxiety going on in the mm -hmm. background. And if you're lucky, it's not high anxiety, but it's still people very scared, very concerned, and asking. Well, of course. We're curious Is by the baby nature, okay? So. Is the baby okay? Is the baby going to be okay? What are you doing? Move faster. Move hurry faster. Up. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And move faster doesn't help this baby. No, it doesn't. Move faster could actually be a detriment. The equipment but that we have. They don't really understand that. That we bring to your home is to save your life. Right. It's like the emergency room on wheels. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. No, they don't, unfortunately. Yeah. We have an incredible, incredible amount of equipment that we bring right to you that we can save your life, literally bring you back from the dead. Literally. And, or keep you alive if you're critically ill. Right. On behalf of the FDNY Foundation, we thank you for listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast. The Foundation and its partners are helping to bring this training initiative into firehouses and EMS stations throughout the five boroughs and beyond. FDNY Pro is the department's professional platform designed for first responders. Learn more about our digital subscriptions, magazines, films, events, books, and other programs at fdnyfoundation.org pro. Now, back to the episode. So we do our best to, you know, simulate family members, bystanders. So there's always an audience, and we try our best to, to simulate that for our students. That's good, because we do crowd a space very quickly. Yes, we Particularly do. Particularly yeah, on do. the call like a cardiac arrest. I could see the value of being able to provide that in this space mm -hmm. so that it's not a complete shock the first time it happens in real right, life. Right. Yeah. And in the past, prior to the sim lab, we didn't have the ability, we only had the ability to provide the bystanders and to provide the, the patient who's acting. Right. 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 Uh, which is different because like mm -hmm. you said, earlier, and then the instructor has to provide the feedback of the information that is different than what you found, right? So they listen to lung sounds, but they're listening to lung sounds on somebody who doesn't actually have exactly. a respiratory emergency. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, just that benefit alone is, is amazing. So they really don't have to use their imagination very much here. Right. It's the blanks are filled in for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. It's here. It's right here in front of us. How long has this sim lab been... Uh, About existence. 2010 to 12, this really started coming together. Mm -hmm. But with ever-evolving technology, uh -huh. we, we do our best to keep up the intercoms. The call boxes on the wall are right, for and what, our... What is the call box? So that is for when a medic basic student is in here that has to contact telemetry. So you're going to push oh. the button, and that's going to be your telemetry contact. Oh, that's so again, when they're here in a, in a simulated scenario, mm -hmm. they're going through the entire scenario from knocking on the door right. to providing care mm -hmm. to contacting telemetry for medical control options mm -hmm. to packaging the patient and removing. So we run through the most thorough scenarios we can with every different protocol, BLS and ALS. With respect to the cardiac arrest scenario, about three quarters of cardiac arrests happen in the home. And of that percentage, a good number of them are found in the bathroom. We know that from experience, yes. right? So I see that because we know that from experience and it can be a very challenging environment to operate in, you have a simulated bathroom here and we definitely mm -hmm. similar to the size 
that we would find in a typical home or apartment in New York City. I presume that you use that space as one we of the locations do. for practice of cardiac arrest? Absolutely. So we describe ran, how that works. We just ran through a scenario last week with medic basic students where a patient was in the tub in cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. So the, they have to come in, enter the apartment, enter the bathroom, right. and you know, obviously check for pulses, remove the patient from the tub, dry them off mm -hmm. if needed, and come out into a more open space where you can provide effective patient care. So in this uh, space of a simulation, mm -hmm. and they're practicing with all of the equipment they have, mm -hmm. does that include body substance isolation? Always, 100%. Or PPE if it's necessary? Uh, when necessary, 100% with PPE, but always with BSI. Proper gloves, mm -hmm. face mask, mm -hmm. goggles if needed, and mm -hmm. uh, N95 mask. We do cannot practice, stress that enough. Uh, the medic basic, do they practice, um, or even the refresher? Paramedics, do they practice intubation using face mask and, and goggles? Every time, absolutely. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you play time. the game the way you practice it, right? Absolutely. So instead of, you know, in years past saying, I'm checking for pulses, and an instructor saying, pulses are present or pulses are absent, mm -hmm. you're checking pulses on there, they're going to be there. Right. You're going to actually feel a pulse. So if you feel nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing. Mm-hmm. That's a good experience. That's a really good experience because then the first time it happens in real life, you're not second-guessing yourself, is it me? Exactly. Am I doing exactly. something wrong? Am I in yeah. the wrong place? Right. All the things that somebody who's new with no experience mm -hmm. would be saying to themselves. Especially in a carotid pulse. You know, you check right. and you're like, wait. Right. You just, just start wait, fishing around. Something? Right. But you can absolutely feel a palpable pulse on this mannequin. So in the other arrest scenario... With our adult patient, once they move the patient to wherever patient care is going to be performed, mm -hmm. and they start going through each of the steps, what are some of the things the mannequin will do? For example, when you're intubating, if mm -hmm. you're making a mistake with intubation, does the mannequin have a way of capturing that or sensing yeah. that? Yeah. Part of the intubation skill is correct placement of the laryngoscope. Mm -hmm. If you're placing it incorrectly or moving it incorrectly, the mannequin's teeth will click, and that will simulate improper placement, improper movement on an actual patient. Because oh, you can, in fact, break someone's teeth right. when you're intubating if you're doing it incorrectly. Right. So we want almost like a Pavlovian. You hear that click, you know you're doing it wrong. Right. So we're going to stop, and we're going to start again. Mm -hmm. Let's take a listen to that sound. And if you can't get IV on ac uh, access on a cardiac arrest, which we know happens from time to time. It does. There are other opportunities for medication administration. So can we do an I.O., for example, on this mannequin? Absolutely, yes. We have uh, both just a tibia bone where we simulate tibial I.O. placement. You can, in a full cardiac arrest simulation mm -hmm. scenario, provide I.O. access on a mannequin with our drill. So we practice on an isolated limb mannequin. Correct. When right? they're first low fidelity, learning, exactly. that's a low fidelity mannequin. When they're first learning the skill, mm -hmm. it's just a tibial bone. Okay. But and they practice we come all together. With the drill. Yes. And they practice starting the IV. Correct. Let's hear that drill. And then they graduate, I guess, to this bigger simulation. Right. This time it would be, I presume, in the sim lab. Yes. With a mannequin where the leg attached to the mannequin, a high-fidelity mannequin, mm -hmm. allows them to practice the I.O. Yes, it does. So 
once you're running through a scenario in this lab, mm -hmm. this is a coming together of all the skills you've learned throughout your training time here, right. and you're putting everything together. Right. I, I presume this is the most expensive equipment you're using in the academy? We are starting to implement quite a bit of new technology, mm -hmm. just our AAV equipment alone. Mm -hmm. We now have tablets at each podium with a big drop-down screen. We have 80 students in one medic basic. So to do medical math on a whiteboard for 80 students, you have to get up from the back of the room, come look at the math. Right. Now you can actually write on the tablet, and there it is on the and screen. it's projecting? So the entire auditorium can see it. That's a lot of new technology. Yes, it is. In the past year, audiovisual and computer equipment that we've put in here has been top-notch. How was the Academy able to upgrade the technology like that? Well, thankfully, the Fire Foundation was a big part of us being able to upgrade a lot of oh, audio. Oh, the visual. FDNY Foundation. The FDNY Foundation. They've been a, a huge supporter right. of education and have been a I big sure part are. of the us. The sponsors getting, of this podcast, as well as FDNY Pro. It's uh, an honor to be part of. Every day is an exciting day to come to work and be part of it. So. It's nice to know that you have such a passion for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lieutenant Frawley, for speaking with us today about the SEM Lab. Oh, you're very welcome. It was my pleasure. You've given us a lot of information, and I hope that this inspires some other systems around the world that are listening in to create their own SEM Lab if they haven't done so already. Oh, absolutely. It's such a valuable part of training to, as realistically as you can, create a training scenario. Mm. It's only going to benefit the student when they're on an actual 911 call. Thanks for listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm Chief of Staff Elizabeth Cassio. For more training and information from our department's subject matter experts, go to fdnypro.org. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And when seconds count, the men and the women of the FDNY are there for us, to protect us and keep us safe when the unthinkable happens. No matter the challenge, no matter the danger, our firefighters and EMTs serve with honor, dedication, and bravery. New York's bravest are there for us. Let's be there for them. Your support of the FDNY Foundation ensures that the world's best fire department has the world's best training, equipment, and education. Go to fdnyfoundation.org and help New York's bravest save a life today.